Hey everybody, welcome. It's Craig from the University of Applied Research and Development, and we are here with Stephen Sutantro from Jakarta. Incredible educator, good friend of mine, Google educator, amazing person, professional development leader. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Craig. How are you doing? Really good. Great to be talking with you and learning from you again. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's been a long time. Yeah. It has been a long time. And yeah. so I was, I was living in Indonesia for seven years and you and I were really working together on professional development for about six years. Yeah, long time. Yeah. And yeah. so I've been back in New Zealand for nearly a year. And so a lot has happened in between me leaving Jakarta and now. But yeah. I'd love for you to share just kind of your journey in education, how you came to be in education and came to be interested in educational technology because I know a bit of your story, but I'd love for everyone to hear about your journey from you. All right. Uh, uh, my, my education journey started when I was become a teacher. So I think starting in 2011, yeah. So around 10 years ago, and I spent my teaching year for seven years as a social study teacher in the middle school at a private school in Jakarta, Indonesia. I was very lucky. Uh, at that time, I met a lot of passionate educators just like Craig and other amazing tech educators, which actually dragged me to a community called Google Educator Group. I still remember when I started with you, Craig, uh, the, the, the first group in Jakarta, the first group in Indonesia, which is pretty awesome. That's where I think I find my click, I find my passions in really helping a lot of people using technology in general. Yeah, and, and after that, uh, after my seven year of teaching, I decided, I think like three years ago, I decided to jump on a full-time, uh, leaving my teaching job. And I, I realized, I think one of the re major reasons right now, there's a lot of uh, technology people in education, yeah, but we don't have like enough uh, teacher who who are helping a lot of other teachers in using technology. So that's what we need. That's what I felt like. I think I really need to fill the gap, and that's the reason. Major reason three years ago, I decided to be a full time technology. Well, we call it like education technology coach at Revo, and yeah, I'm helping currently like a lot like a thousand educators already especially during this pandemic which really bring me to i mean like to bring online learning to the next level so i'm so excited to see what comes next yeah so during this time obviously with the pandemic a lot of people have had to been forced to use video conferencing zoom google meet teams all sorts of things like that what have you noticed in education with the the need to use the technology more? Has there been a shift? Uh, definitely, there's a huge shift and for us to see the technology. Uh, and I can see like a lot of people suddenly, like it's it's very different, yeah? When I start my, our Google Educator community before the pandemic, I call it before pandemic and after pandemic is very different. So before the pandemic is very difficult to drag people to use technology. like. There's not no urgency for them to really, you know, using the technology platform because they can still stuck with their own, well, old way of doing things. Uh, but now after the pandemic, when they cannot really see, uh, I mean, like they cannot meet people physically, 
I can see like um, there the huge different, major different is totally the change in mindset because they are forced to do that. So I'd like to say address here that at the end of the day, um, what the major difference is number one is about how people want to use technology to solve their problems. I think that's number one thing. And I think this pandemic really um, bring people to see the problem clearly and how they cannot really, uh, the, technology is not an option anymore. It's like really something they need to solve their problems, to teach online, to reach people more. So that's what I can see from now. So number one thing is really about change of mindset of the people and to really use technology um, to really address their problems. <laughs> so I, I really enjoy going to professional development with you because you would always be talking about the latest technology, emergent technology, new mm-hmm. technology, technology that might have been in another industry, but now it's moving into education or education was the very first to actually use and experiment the technology. So what do you see from the technology from maybe a couple of years ago that's now really making momentum in training and development and education? What do you see is happening now? I think uh, at the end of the day, it's about how we can really addressing people's problem right now. So I would like to start, I always believe like there's a quote saying like technology will not replace people, will it replace teacher. But the great teacher with the technology will really make a transformations. So I do believe like when you mention about what kind of technology that will be, I mean, like really trending in the future. I think um, when we, I think uh, the thing is we need to start from the problems that we are facing. Uh, try to look from the problems that we are facing. Like currently we cannot, for example, like it's easy for example, like how we can really have a better connection, collaboration in like, especially in this uh, physical distancing situation like this. We have, we have already have a lot, like, like tons of technology on that, but I always believe there are always a space for us, you know? We, uh, so we really need uh, to really address the problem of connection because I believe people nowadays are desperate for connection, collaboration, because they cannot really meet each other. They, they are desperate for community. They are desperate for, you know, inter- social interaction, which they cannot get. I do believe like right now, I don't know, like uh, 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 five years later, or even like two until three, five years later, I, I am not sure we're going to do to interact with people this, the same again. So I think the technology that really help people to connect more socially and more meaningfully, that's something that uh, what we are needing need right now. And that's something that we really need to put more focus on. So I think that's what I believe because people yeah. need that. Mm-hmm. How are you doing that when you're working with schools and educators? Is there a, a, a strategy or a pedagogy or a, or a technology that you're using to enable that? Yeah, I always start with the smart principle. As you can see, smart principle is like always uh, when, I, when, when I meet the schools or even like um, technology coordinator, I always say like every school is different. They have different needs, different challenges, different problems. So I would like to say them when you choose a technology, when you want to have a training, try to set a smart goals. Smart, uh, it's come from like specific, yeah, measurable. It has to be a measurable impact, yeah, what you're going to achieve. And of course, something that they achievable, something that they can afford. There are so many different schools have different socioeconomic status here in Indonesia. So 
instead of using like a sophisticated technology, but they cannot really afford it. Let's think on something that they can really achieve. And the other one, and you can when you mention about smart, it's about relevant. Is it relevant for your students and teachers? Is it something that I mean? Is it like the training is really relevant? Is it is it something that they need? Because we often like overwhelm like in this situation, we often overwhelm people with different technology, different platform, you know. But we need to ask ourselves, is it relevant for our teachers? Is it relevant for our students? And the last one, there should be a time base when you need to evaluate the results of the technology. So that's the strategy that I always use, Craig. When I admit the teachers, leaders, hey, you need to be really smart on choosing PD that you need. Yeah. So you've mentioned that connection mm-hmm. between people People are hungry yes. for connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there a technology or something that you're using to help people to connect together in this difficult time that works in Indonesia? Yeah, yeah. I'm currently leading a lot of MOE national educators now, helping them to really connect with other educators, helping them to help each other. So what we are using, uh, of course, number one is a Google Workspace for Education. Uh, the platforms such as like Google Meet, um, you know, Google Chat, and YouTube is amazing. As you know, it's really connecting people to help people to chat, interact, and discuss with other people. Yeah, and the other one, of course, for group, I think we have a Facebook group, which I think something that I really use the most because. From the Facebook group, I really see how people are desperate to have questions. They they desperate for connections. They desperate for, you know, to respond and expose themselves. So that's what I saw from Indonesia, Craig, and that really works in and and helping us to see what happens in the other side of the world from our house, yeah, because we are stuck in the house for long. Yeah, mm. yeah. and so the social media use from educators. Has that increased? Are people more comfortable and, and more active in social media than they used to be? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, because right now, uh, I can see some from, from my community of educators right now, like, because it's very difficult for us to now together to meet. Yeah, we are desperate for that physical meet because I believe there is no, not, nothing can really replace that, right? Physical connection. But instead of, well, we, we cannot, we cannot get up and we cannot get together. So what we actually trying to do is that we uh, we update a lot of status, we share a lot of uh, meaningful posts, and so so it help people to really see what we have what happened in the other sites. So I think I can see that from educators, especially when they help each other through tutorial video to, from and from their sharing their best practice, from sharing their you know any tutorial, any tips that can help the other educators to catch up with the technology and also solving the problems. I think I can see like there is a major shift in that. Yeah, great. Sounds like um, the pandemic is a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. It sounds like though it has forced people to join a community of practice yes. and to be involved and even maybe their, their desire for connection, they could get it in, a, in another type of group, but they've mm-hmm. chosen to be in an educational group. And the benefit yes. is that they're actually getting professional development while also having that, 
that emotional need for connection fulfilled yes. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, oh, definitely. I think one of the keywords here is they need more inspirations also. Uh-huh. Because inspirations, you know, there are so many inspirations, of course. But when you see someone, your friends share the inspirations, I think that's really connect you to the most, like really stick in your mind. So that's the power of group and community of practice. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I know one of the one of the places that we're working with, and here in New Zealand at Panama Road School, we've focused on uh, the spheros, which you and I have used back in Indonesia a number of years ago, um, but somewhat new in terms of using it really well and embedding it into the curriculum here in New Zealand. Uh, we just invested into um, drone legends from the USA. Don't know if you're familiar with that. Are you are you aware of some new emerging technologies in education in Indonesia that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I think currently right now, one of the most popular one in Indonesia that we are focusing is about learning analytics. Uh, it's learning analytics because uh, people, I mean, like really need to measure um, the learning process here, especially in this super unpredictable online learning, we cannot really measure how students learn. So what I can see like um, learning analytics has one of the biggest uh, dramatic role. As you can see here, a lot of people are offering like a statistic dashboard, you know, to see attendance. I can see some of the teachers are really creative, you know, to track the attendance of the student, to track participations, really to measure everything. Because right now we cannot see our students. We, it's very difficult to measure how our students learn. So I, I can see learning analytics has one of the major role here right now because it's very important. The second one that I can see is about gamification. Um, it's another um, on, uh, online, 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 a lot of online gamification platform that really boosts engagement because right now it's very, very difficult to engage with our mm. students, right? Mm. So gamification really boosts uh, engagement and participation that's what actually we need now hmm. i guess they would go hand in hand they'd go together wouldn't they the gamification for engagement and progress through learning and rewards and and then the learning analytics to measure that is there a particular mm-hmm. platform or a particular software that you're using for the learning analytics that you would recommend uh, i use a lot of google data studio i'm not sure if you uh-huh. have seen that uh, Google Data Studio is like, like currently we are tracking uh, like attendance and we want to report it. Um, we are working with a lot of data and how we can really make sure that that data is uh, meaningful and presentable. So what we are doing is really uh, combining with Google Sheets, of course, Google Form, Google Sheets and Data Studio. So those three apps, when you combine that, when you track and use this as a tracker, I think that really make your analytics more powerful. Hmm. Uh, because I have seen that impact when the teachers really track our students' attendance, participations, and also, you know, presenting how they interact with uh, the class using hmm. Data Studio. I think that's really, wow, I'm really impressed how they really combine those three apps to make sure that uh, the learning happens in a very, very measurable way. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I guess working with schools and defining some smart goals and then embedding the use of the Google workspace and then social media to support teachers as well. 
learning analytics and gamification. Um, I, I guess coming along with that, if people are comfortable with this, with Zoom, people are right there in front of their screen. So you'd be training them on not only how to open the analytics and where to click, but I guess the reason why you would do that and how you use the data, because that whole use of it and, you know, you've got the information, but what do you do with it after that? What are the challenges that you're you're facing with helping teachers understand how to use the learning analytics? I think number one is about uh, when we mentioned about teacher Indonesia contextually, uh, we there are number of uh, there are numbers of challenges that we are facing. Number one, of course, um, the difference. I mean, like uh, the differentiated uh, skills. I mean, like they have like unequal. Like there's a huge gap between teacher who have uh, you know, super skill, tech, skill, high-tech skills, and the other one who have no idea how to operate technology. And that's what I, I'm, I'm seeing there. But the thing is, like, it's very important for me to really, as a teacher, as a coach, you need to differentiate the instruction. Because when you mentioned about, when just, just like what I mentioned about learning analytics, you know, well, not many people, even like, talking about data studies is like really advanced. Some people have no idea about Google Forms. So that's number one thing that I really want to address, like really how to standardize the, the, the technology skill of our teacher. That's number one thing. So we have a basic same standard. The, the other second thing, of course, Indonesia, we always talk about infrastructure. Again, it's an unequal access to infrastructure. Uh, when we talk about, well, Google Workspace, well, the platform can be accessed anywhere, but the thing is like, you know, in internet infrastructure, computer is not for everyone. Mm. So that's the second challenge that I face. So sometimes, you know, you have to be very, very flexible and really try to adapt things. It's very, very important in addressing this challenge. Yeah, I was just going to say, how do you, how do you overcome that? And I can remember being in multiple professional development workshops with you and and you telling me Craig Craig can you just start from the beginning again yes. <laughs> you know for the benefit of the teachers yes. that were in the room because yes. some people had different laptops and different devices and different speed internet and different starting yes. points yeah yes so and to, to standardize the skill and the understanding of the teachers would you agree that that's all about teacher training Right yes. at the very beginning, before they go into the class. Yes, I definitely agree. Right. And if I can add um, beyond the teacher training itself, to standardize uh, the, the skills, it doesn't. I mean, like, it's not enough to have like one or two trainings. Believe me, like I've been mm. experiencing like two hours will not standardize your teachers' uh, skills directly. You yeah. need to have a coaching and mentoring session, which mm. it takes time. Definitely, mm. just take time. Mm -hmm. I like that you said that it's the coaching and mentoring mm -hmm. ongoing. Yeah. I remember when we first started doing professional development together, your, your big push for everyone to understand was developing your own professional development. And you were the, the king of Coursera in Indonesia and pushing that along and demonstrating your learning. Just as we, just as we wrap up, Stephen, um, I really appreciate you giving us some time and sharing and I've been making notes and I hope people have as well. So there's wow. lots of notes on my page from the smart goals awesome. to the workplace and social media analytics, the challenges, how you overcome them. Is there anything that you would like 
people to know who are not from Indonesia. Is there anything you, words of wisdom you'd like to give them? Because sometimes, you know, coming from a New Zealand perspective or an American or Canadian or, you know, even another country perspective, what should we know about Indonesia that someone doesn't know? Well, when you talk about Indonesia, it's really about people's power. Uh, I think, Craig, you probably miss the friendliness and the, you know, mm. helpful spirit especially mm. in these situations. And I would like to say that I think not only in Indonesia, this is something that we are currently right now. I think what I would like to say to everyone here, um, that's it's actually inspired from Indonesia. Um, if you want to go fast, you can go alone, right? Um, but I would like to suggest Indonesia, we are super famous in helping with each other. Like togetherness is a strong uh, values here. And I would like to challenge you is don't just go fast in this situation. Let's go far. But if you want to go far, let's go together. Nice. So, yeah, that's what I would like to say. Let's go far by going together. Really nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen. Hey, Stephen Sutantro, incredible educator from Indonesia. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for being with us.